Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Christ redeemed all in the Old Testament, all in the New Testament, who believe in him. And he redeemed him by his blood. We became living stones. Incredible stones that are part of this thing called the body of Christ, which is just a beautiful thing. Now, who's the foundation of that house? Jesus. Who's the cornerstone? Jesus. Well, where is Moses in this big body of believers? He's simply one of the stones. He's a living stone like you and a living stone like me. Humans have a tendency to lift up and exalt people. They want to put them on pedestals, even to give them superhuman traits and character. Pastor Mark in his teaching today will be talking about how the ancient Jews had done this to Moses. While God had used Moses to do amazing things in the history of the Jewish people, he was still a fallen man. You'll learn how the writer of Hebrews reminded his readers of this fact. You'll find out why there is, in fact, Only one person who is above all other people, the God-man, Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 3 as he continues his message, We Are God's House. Moses, in the Old Testament, was an apostle. He had a special message and mission. Free the Jews, take them to the promised land. What was the message that Moses received? What was the Ten Commandments? It was the law. He was the lawgiver. Now Jesus, you're going to see in a moment, was also an apostle. He was sent with a special message. What was the message? This is what God's like. Jesus said, I came so you can see what God's like, because no man has ever seen God. So what was Jesus' special mission? To go to the cross, to provide for you a way to be forgiven, for myself included. Not only was Moses and Jesus an apostle, but they were also both high priests. Now, high priest is interesting, and maybe in your Bibles you want to write this, when I think of high priest, there's, it's a bridge builder. That's what a high priest is. He's a bridge builder. He's a person that goes between God and man. He's a bridge builder. To be an effective bridge builder, obviously, the person must know God, and he must be able to know man and speak for God and speak to man. That's what a bridge builder is. That's what a high priest is. Both Jesus... And Moses were priests, bridge builders between God and man. Now verse 2. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful 
in all God's house. So notice the writer is focusing on Jesus first and then comparing him to Moses. He says Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him and Moses was faithful. Both Jesus, both Moses were faithful in their calling as an apostle and a high priest. Moses was a great leader who was a friend of God. He was a builder of a nation and the law builder. Moses was faithful, yes, but Moses was not perfect. Now let me have your attention for a moment. Sometimes when we see this comparison between Moses and Jesus, we kind of get the feeling that Moses is no good and Jesus is good. That's not the feeling at all. Moses was incredible. Moses is good. He's very good. But Jesus is what? Right. So don't don't get confused when we do this, kind of like thinking, well, as I look at this, Moses really, no big deal. Moses was a big deal. I mean, can you imagine what God did through his life? Incredible. Next thing you want to write is this. Jesus was faithful, like Moses, but one thing different. He was perfect. We know that Jesus was faithful to obey God in absolutely every area of his life, including going to the cross, pay for our sins. But unlike Moses, Jesus never made a wrong decision. He never sinned. He was perfect. He lived his life with no sin. In many ways, as you do comparisons, it's neat because, well, Jesus was kind of the Moses of the New Testament. Even though Jesus made these appearances in the Old Testament, these theophanies, he didn't really come on the scene as a man until, obviously, the New Testament. So, the law that Moses brought was wonderful, but Jesus brought something better. Notice, the law came by Moses, but truth and grace came by Jesus. Grace. One of the Calvary Chapel distinctives is that we're people of grace. Are you glad for grace? See, if we don't have grace, we become a legalistic place. Nobody would want to ever be here because you're always not doing good enough. You've always failed. God can't use you anymore. The Bible is just filled with the grace of God. Old Testament and New, but Jesus brought truth and he brought grace. Moses led the people of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. It was amazing. The Red Sea, the whole deal. But Christ led you and I out of a different kind of bondage. Spiritual bondage. It was a big deal. And we're free because Jesus led us out of that bondage. Well, look at verse 3. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. So now he's getting down to it. Just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Verse 4, for every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Those of you that believe in the Big Bang, put that in your pipe and smoke that for a while and see what you come up with. (laughs) Verse 5, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, 
testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. So, in verses 3 to 6, we're going to kind of separate them, go through them, dig into them. In those verses, we discover this. Moses is good. Jesus is better. Jesus is simply greater than Moses. How is that? Now, the writer starts to use this term house. And the word house simply means the church or the family of God, believers. Or when we get down to the smallest definition of it, it means you, your body. So let's begin in verse 3. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. If you're into logic, and you should be to some degree, this is how you figured it out. This is just exactly what the writer said. Number one, Christ is the builder of the house of God. Moses is simply a resident in that house. Thus, bottom line, Christ is better. It's not Moses isn't good. Moses is in the body of Christ. He was part of the Jewish people. But God made the Jewish nation himself. He called Abraham to start it. He created it. He created all people. So Colossians 1.16 is just a, there's many verses, but just to remind ourselves, for by him all things were created, things in heaven on earth, visible, invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all things were created by him and is a big key here for him. So see, you were created to worship God. This is where that comes from. And also in the book of Revelation. So God didn't just create man and go, wow. God created man to worship him. You were created by him and for him to have a relationship with him and to obviously worship him, which you did. Notice again, very important, verse 3 and 4, that there's a key about the truth of Jesus' deity again. Now, I know people keep saying to me, why do you keep talking about Jesus being God? Because as I told you before, there's many religions that do not believe that Jesus is God. So it's very important we know that. So this writer again says, Jesus is the builder, God is the builder. What does that mean? Jesus is God. So it's very important to understand that. Now, keep your finger there quickly. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. And then we'll come right back to Hebrews. This is going to get down to the level of the church, but it really gets to the smaller level of who you are. Start in verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. So, the head of the church, the head of the house the builder of the house, the architect of the house, of the church, is Jesus Christ. He is, in verse 4, the living stone. Notice, rejected by men, the Jewish people reject him, not only the Jewish people, 
came to his own, his own received him not, but many people reject him today, but chosen by God and precious to him. Verse 5, you also, like living stones, we'll come back to this later, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Notice, verse 5, through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a bridge builder. That's how we get to God. No man can go to the Father except through the Son, the bridge builder. There's that high priest again. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So Christ redeemed all in the Old Testament, all in the New Testament, who believed in him, and he redeemed him by his blood. We became living stones, incredible stones that are part of this thing called the body of Christ, which is just a beautiful thing. Now, who's the foundation of that house? Jesus. Who's the cornerstone? Jesus. Well, where is Moses in this big body of believers? He's simply one of the stones. He's a living stone like you and a living stone like me. Because in the body of Christ, there's only one that's important. All the rest, we're all equal. You know that, don't you? Just turn to your neighbor and say, uh, you're no better than me and I'm no better than you. Just go, just head and remind them. That's good, isn't it? Remember, we used to talk about that, and then we just say, turn to your neighbor and say, you're just a nobody. But actually, I'm just a nobody, aren't I? I'm a nobody that Christ created to be a somebody. And because he's in my life, I am a somebody. He knows me. It made a difference in my life. Look at verse 7. Now, to you who believe, and that's us, the stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become Capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble. Does Jesus cause people to stumble? Sure he does. How does he cause people to stumble? Because Jesus said this, I'm the only way and the only truth and the only life and the only way to God. And the world stumbles over that like nothing else. Because it's well, I, you, you can't get around it. See, if you're going to go to heaven, you got to go through Jesus. This is what he's saying. Notice, a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, those of you that believe, anybody can believe, you're a chosen people. You're not a nobody. You're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people belonging to God. Remember, you're holy. So you're part of a holy nation. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not even a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And everybody said, Amen. Now, what about this house that God's building? Well, it's indestructible. It will stand the storms of life. Remember Matthew 16, I tell you, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of Hades or of hell will not overcome it. Now back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus is better because he's the builder of the house. He's the architect of the house. Moses is just part of the house. He's just a resident of the house. Look at verse 5. Moses was faithful. 
as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful, not as a servant, notice the difference, as a son over God's house. So what does that mean? Here's the little logical part again. You can write it down. Here's these three little keys. Boom, boom, boom. What makes this better? What makes this different? Christ is the son over the house. Moses is only a servant in the house. So there's a big difference. So Christ is is simply better. You and I are servants in the house of God. We're not the son of God. We're sons and daughters, adopted, but we're not the son of God. God gave his only begotten son, which was Jesus. So what makes Jesus better? Well, he's the creator of the house of God. He's the son in the house. We're servants. We're just residents. Barclay says it like this. Now, Moses is only part of God's universe, part of the house. But Jesus is the creator of the house. And the creator is bound to stand above the house itself. Moses did not create the law. He only mediated it. Moses did not create the house. He only served in the house. Moses did not speak of himself. All that he ever said was only a pointer to the greater things that Jesus Christ would someday say. Moses, in short, was a servant. Jesus was the son. Moses knew a little bit about God. Jesus was God. Therefore, therein lies the secret of his superiority. Pretty simple, pretty plain, but had to be proven to these people who were thinking of going back. Well, you don't want to go back because that would be foolish. Jesus is better. Now, you and I look at that and go, well, thanks, Pastor Mark. It's a nice lesson in Hebrew. And one of the guys that I listen to quite often up in Washington, D.C., he always will say this to the people now. Now you have to say this. So what? I mean, what was I supposed to learn from that? Well, we did learn a lot of good stuff already. But what do you take out of here? I mean, Jesus is better. Is there anyone here that really didn't know that Jesus was better than Moses anyway? No, we don't come from that background. We all knew it. But the writer had to spend that time proving it to those people who didn't know it. But now what do we take from this? Is there anything we can take from this? You go, it was worth being here on time for. (laughs) Yes, there is. A lot. The part I'm going to give to you is the last part of verse 6. Look at it again. And we are his house. Circle this in your Bible. If we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. You know the verse. 1 Corinthians 3.16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's house or his temple? God lives in you. The Spirit lives in you. Let me give you three keys initially. Number one, what can I take from this? What What should I be thinking about? Well, number one, know that God lives inside every Christ follower. 
When you ask God to come into your house, you really didn't say house, you probably said your life, your temple. You never said temple. We don't talk like that. But he did. On our invitation, God came to live in our body, in our temple, in his house. Now, when he came to live, it no longer was my house. It became his house. I no longer own this house. It's his house. He's the owner. He's the boss. He's the director. That should say a lot to us. So God's in the process of building this house, your house. Every one of us, we're being built in the image of God. Number two, not only do I need to know this key, but number two, I need to allow God to be Lord over his house. It's not mine anymore. Can't do my will. Have to do his will. Can't go back and be the boss. I can't rule the house. I'm simply a resident in this house, even though it's my house. But it's not my house. It's his house. Understand, in the Old Testament, Moses built this physical temple. Really started as a tent, later became a tabernacle, and then this great physical building. God came, he came and filled the tent, and later filled the temple with his presence. What about you and I? Jesus, when he comes in, it's not a physical building. It's not a tent. We're lively stones. He came to live in a live person, you and I. What about the filling of his presence? In the Old Testament, he came in and the presence of the Lord just filled the temple. It just was wonderful. Well, does God fill your temple? That's what being filled with the Spirit's all about. He comes in and he just fills us. Ephesians 5.18. I don't have time there to go tonight, but I've been thinking about that and studying it. And when we're filled, we're filled to overflowing. We're saturated with God. And when people squeeze us, what's supposed to come out of us? God's supposed to come out of us. But very often when they squeeze us, what comes out of us? Mark Balmer comes out of us. How many know you'd rather have God coming out of me than Mark Balmer? My wife's raising both hands back there like this. We're no different than any of you. So I have the privilege of not walking into a physical building and understand what I'm going to say to you in a moment. I have the privilege of not walking into a physical building and wondering, I wonder if the presence of God's here. Is it, is it going to come down? No, the presence of God is here filling me right now to overflowing. That's unbelievable. Today, Pastor Mark taught you more about this problem the Christ followers in the book of Hebrews were having. They were in really hard times and were being tempted to return to Judaism because he was concerned for their salvation The writer of Hebrews was sharing with them the reasons that Jesus is a superior apostle and prophet in addition to being their savior to Moses. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will be winding up this message, We Are God's House. You'll hear about the concept of God's people as branches of the same vine, Jesus, and as bricks in a building that God's built. Pastor Mark will talk about the Christ followers' need to be in relationship with each other, which includes regular church attendance and hanging out with other believers. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.